everyone, and welcome to Active Architecture. I'm Kevin Batchelder. I'm Jen Gethinger. I'm Jay. And we have our first guest host joining us today. Please welcome in Jesse Jackson. Hey, everyone. Appreciate you coming on, Jesse. Excited to be here and talk a little dollhouse. Yes, and today we're going to be talking, uh, this is our podcast number three for the season one, episode number three, episode Stage Fright. Now, I hope everybody just didn't tune out when I said that. <laughs> wait, 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 we have actual insight. <laughs> now, we're just having a little fun because we know this is not many people's favorite episode of Dollhouse, but we do have many excellent things to talk about, so please do stick around. Uh, but first off, we wanted to thank you all. We uh, Now that the podcast is kind of picking up a little steam here, a lot of you have been telling your friends our download numbers are really going up, so is the feedback on our Facebook group and Twitter, so we'd love to see it, folks. The community aspect of this is really picking up, and we, we all love that. Oh, definitely, and Facebook's been so much fun, and I, I, I can't remember the name, but whoever posted up the, the Wikipedia link for the unofficial Dollhouse soundtrack, thank you. Yes, I think that was Weed Nerd on yes. Twitter. Yes, yep. <laughs> Yeah, that's excellent. We do, as we said, we'll get more details at the very end, but we do have a Facebook group if you're on Facebook. Uh, if you just want to search for Active Architecture, a dollhouse retrospective, that should bring us up and, and we'll get you in there and some of the discussions. And towards the end of the podcast, actually, we'll talk a little bit about some of the feedback. I had posted up an item that we'd be recording for this one, and we got some good thoughts from folks here and on Twitter. So uh, please do let us know future episodes the same way, folks. If you have some thoughts, we'll, we'll be glad to talk about them. Also, too, I wanted to be sure and uh, put out a, a shout-out for one of our listeners and a, a friend of mine that I got to meet at DragonCon last year, uh, Angie, from the uh, Hellmouth podcast, uh, Hellmouth Empire, a Buffy podcast, and they also do an Angel cast and a Ringer cast. Um, she's doing a charity fundraiser. If you go over to hellmouthpodcast.com, and we'll throw a link up in our show notes, um, Angie's uh, put together quite a bit. She's going to be, uh, it's taking place in early March. I believe she's running a half marathon. And she's got a whole bunch of cool stuff up there. If you make some contributions, it's, it's to support RAIN, which is the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network. Uh, Angie's uh, working real hard there. She's got some folks who have uh, donated some, uh, you know, things like uh, Buffy charms and signed comic pages from uh, well-known artists and other things. So you can support a great cause, help out a friend, and, and maybe even get something in return yourself. So... All right. Well, that's uh, some kind of, uh, shall we say, podcast housekeeping as we get some things taken care of there. But uh, let's start talking stage fright. Cricket, cricket. Yeah. <laughs> In the room, the room yeah, is no. silent. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and throw this out here. I actually enjoyed this episode a lot more during this rewatch. And maybe it was because I was trying to make myself do that. <laughs> I'm not sure, but um, I definitely saw where it had its merits. Yes. You know, <laughs> when I originally watched this, and I know this is considered the John Crichton of Dollhouse episodes, but <laughs> I, um, I really never thought it was that bad of an episode. I thought that, and there's some reasons why, but I thought it was enjoyable, and, and I realized this is the third of the Fox 5, Correct? Am I getting that right, Justin? Yes, I love that this Fox 5 thing is catching on. It's very nice. <laughs> That's right. You know? See, I am not just a guest star. I am a 
I am a listener. Nice. I like this. I like this. <laughs> Best co-host um, ever. So, so um, and, and so I was really, I did, when Kevin sent out the word to people saying, hey, who would want to uh, step in and co-host? I'm like, hey, I'll take this one because I think it's, I thought it had a lot of merit. And I thought that the most important thing of the overall myth arc was we got to see that Echo sometimes goes off program to serve a bigger cause. That she isn't just literal in how I'm supposed to protect someone. She doesn't just take that mission literal. She takes it beyond its scope to do even further protection. And I thought that was an important part of the bigger myth arc. And that's why I don't think this episode is that bad. I agree. I really enjoyed it, um, especially on this rewatch. I think, like Jen, I don't know if I was I was trying. I never hated the episode just because I love Dollhouse, and um, when I was watching it, I, I never hated it. I know a lot of people really, really disliked it. Um, it was never my favorite. Dollhouse is capable of much better, but um, it was never something that I looked at as like, you know, that's the worst hour of television. It just wasn't a great hour for the for the show, but. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. The the little things here and there. I love the relationship between Sierra and Echo. That's ex- Sierra and Echo that's explored here. And um, I did, though, even still watching it, I did sort of feel like you know this is a job for the Charlie's Angels. Like the whole time, I just see them smiling and singing, and I'm just thinking, you know, where's Charlie? Where's the Angels? Like, <laughs> I know they're here yeah. somewhere. <laughs> Oh, that's an interesting uh, parallel, actually, come to think of it. That certainly was... You know, the three backup singers are the angels back there, and they're taking care of the, you know, the, the singer. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Well, well, I'm also old enough to have watched Charlie's Angels when it originally <laughs> aired. So, yes, there were, there were quite a few thin plot lines back at that time, too. So, Right um, there with you, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, Jesse makes some good points. I mean, that's probably the biggest takeaway for me, too, is, is this idea of... Uh, at this point, seeing Echo go, quote, rogue, in the sense of, uh, you know, screw what's on the uh, pre-programmed uh, imprint, and she's going to find a way to get the job done in an odd way. So that's probably the biggest uh, big arc item. I mean, the actual, quote, uh, engagement of the week, uh, this fueled some of the other discussions we had the last couple episodes a little bit about some of the, quote, concern about being maybe an anti-feminist show or way too much eye candy with with the good you know, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes or so at the beginning that's just a little more than just, you know, watching the singers and, and the chance for Eliza to get out there uh, as well. So, you know, you got to kind of balance it. But, yeah, the initial run, I remember, boy, a lot of folks, when we were still waiting to see what the series were going to be, saw this one and went, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's interesting, too, because when I originally saw this episode – I remember thinking that Echo going, quote, off task was more her recognizing her friendship with Sierra over and above it all, rather than, you know, trying to see the bigger picture and do what she has to do to, you know, basically fix the person who's trying to kill Raina, even if it is Raina. Um, And while this go around, I do see it more as the latter, the big picture type thing. at the very end, that little look she shares with Sierra almost kind of implants for me the idea that 
we, I mean, we already know Echo Special, that's who we're following, but something's got to be a little special about Sierra too, if she's still recognizing that friendship and also immediately understands when Echo just slightly nods her head no and just keeps going. So I think it kind of builds almost a little more character for Sierra than maybe we would have originally seen. Yeah, and I think that little line at the end where um, Echo says, I have to help her, and she kind of uh -huh. she kind of looks at Sierra. And I never really noticed as much when I had watched it previously. But um, I don't know, it's almost like she was doing all this, you know, for Sierra to help protect Sierra. And um, it was it was less the fact that she had to protect Reyna because that's what she was programmed to do. It was more the fact that Echo herself wanted to protect her friend Sierra. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's part, I think, too, of the... Uh, for me, too, I think also this episode, even the first time around, got me thinking, like, oh, we're going to maybe get a chance to see different kind of uh, communication and relationships between the dolls a little bit. Because uh, we really hadn't have things played out quite a bit yet to know who was going to be... I don't want to say pairing up with, but maybe befriending each other too. So that, at first, I was afraid after the first couple of episodes, it was very much just going to be the Echo Show. And I, I also think we should not um, discount that they were shooting for as wide an audience as possible. And I, and I've, I, I've talked about this in on the initial run of Dollhouse that my wife is not a genre fan. Mm -hmm. She she gave up on Buffy. She has seen only selected Angel episodes. I mean, she does not watch a lot of genre TV. And when the first episode of Dollhouse came on and it was getting barbecued, you know, on the internet, people were talking about how horrible it was. I said, hey, will you watch this show for me with me and see, do you think it's that bad? And she watched it and goes, no, I actually like it. I think it was a pretty interesting episode. And, um, and so she watched all the whole series, both seasons. And so I think some of these engagements of the week were kind of the slowly letting her into this more complex world that not being genre friendly she watched those and enjoyed that and got in the mindset where she can enjoy more of the more complex stories that they went to. That's an interesting thought on that. Cause you know, I think, uh, I think Dollhouse's biggest pitfall or downfall was the fact that diehard Wheaton fans were ready for it to jumpstart and be amazing from episode one. And if it wasn't that it wasn't Buffy, it wasn't Angel, it wasn't Firefly and it wasn't worth their time. I think putting it in that perspective shows not only bringing in a, a way to bring in uh, new genre type fans, even if they're not per se genre fans, it makes the show more accessible to a wider audience. Now, that being said, that's where I think they lose a lot of the diehard fans. And I think that's a sad thing. I, I, it's, it's a catch 22. Yeah, but, but you also, if we're going to go down this rabbit hole, which is a good one, is that uh, uh, go back to certainly Buffy and Angel. I mean, those first seasons were rough, folks. I mean, oh, you know, yeah. we oh. all have rose-colored glasses now, but, but if you go back and watch those, um, 
you know, there's not a lot of great stuff in that first season. So I, I think some fans, unfortunately, were a little too conditioned to just assume, like you said, Jen, it was going to be awesome from episode one. Mm-hmm. And, and, as, and as Jesse did a good job of pointing out, it's still a TV business. You still need to find people who stumble in at episode four and still have to find a way to have them have a clue what's going on. It's the reality. Yeah, I can tell you that backup singers were much better than, was it Moloch, the, the internet demon? <laughs> you know, and I, lo- I love Buffy. I'm not bashing Buffy by any means. And I, and I love every episode as, as, you know, as bad as that one was. But I mean, you know, you have your, your bumps in the road. Not every episode is going to be a 10, especially when you're first starting out and, and trying to find your legs as a series and what kind of series you want it to be, what kind of series the network wants it to be. And um, so, yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, every series has its double meat palace. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a camp fan through and through. <laughs> but it, it is. It's. It, but it makes for some interesting stuff. I mean, I, I wasn't. A, it wasn't so much about that. I wasn't a fan of the singer uh, idea or the big glitzy, you know, pretty people, you know, uh, type thing. As much as the whole, a little over the top, uh, you know, I'm going to let a a stalker kill me, so I go out on top. I mean, that part maybe for me was the one that got me rolling my eyes a little bit more. Uh, but, but like like we said, it it's still this is still a concept that's done in a lot of shows, and and it still kind of worked here when you when you looked at those different things. Because along with all the things you mentioned, we also this one have got uh, uh, the opportunity to meet Sierra's handler for the first time here, Hearn, who really you know that's a big twist a little later on in the series too. Yeah, did everybody else kind of go boo? Yes, yes. Yes, we did. (laughs) Yes, we did not like him. No, but we also, I I don't recall the first time I saw this episode, especially those early scenes of him and uh, uh, Boyd in the truck. I mean, he's very condescending, even more than I remember him being, because knowing what he's going to do a little later on. Yeah. So, you know, he was set up as Mr. Creepster pretty fast. I have to say, I have a problem, because... Boyd has never been like I've never been a huge huge fan I've always kind of liked him but never had you know one way one way or the other I've never had a big opinion of him but on this rewatch I'm finding that I'm really liking his character but then I'm finding myself fighting against that because I know what kind of character he becomes and so in this episode I'm like wow I really like this character I'm like no I shouldn't like this character so I'm I'm having issues with the character of Boyd because I actually do am really enjoying him in this rewatch but I shouldn't I am so glad you brought that up because I will tell you that because of circumstances, I watched, I rewatched the episode before I heard um, y'all's discussion of uh, the second episode, the, you know, greatest, you know, the dangerous game one. Mm -hmm. And so I had not heard y'all's thoughts. I had not revisited. And so I'm watching the episode and I'm going, I loved Boyd. Boyd was my favorite character, and now I'm almost pissed when I see him. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I mean, anger. And in fact, I'll talk about that in a minute. And so when Justin mentioned that in the discussion you know, of the target, I went, yes, yes, Justin, that's exactly how I'm feeling. <laughs> and, and so I don't know, and I'm, I'm actually concerned that I will not enjoy this rewatch because of this ultimate how I know things turn out 
and I, at least this one episode, I did not enjoy it as much. I, I was bored by the Paul scenes because I know they weren't real. But this is, you know, he's, it's, he's not a Russian monster. He's at all. And I, I was like, I just did, I was bored by that part of it. And so I'm wondering, knowing the full story, am I going to enjoy this rewatch as I watch it and, try, and listen to y'all's podcasts? for me there is very much compartmentalize the Boyd character to, you know, the last few episodes of the series as being a different place. Uh, I think there's too much of him to enjoy and, and I go back to, to the, uh, the Man on the Street commentary where Joss at that point talked about how Boyd was very much then the moral center, moral compass for this show. You know, everything was kind of, he was the center wheel of a spoke, you know, and everybody else was to a certain degree off of him. So I'm not putting, you know, I'm not throwing popcorn at the screen when I see him now uh, in the early episodes, because I realized that was really a big retcon and everything else. So I'm able to at least somewhat block that out. Otherwise, I think I'd be in the same place with you folks. Yeah, I have those moments where I'm watching it and I'm like, oh yeah, I really, I love boys. And then, oh yeah, okay, no, I, I can't, it, it is, it's getting to the point where I can't think that way if I want to keep enjoying it. I, I really, it's almost to the point that I think I've got to separate season one and season two as almost, you know, kind of two different continuities. And I'm sure a lot of people are out there, you know, probably saying, well, then, you know, then it should be two different shows or, you know, you can't do that or this is, but I think just for the sake of enjoying it, I'm going to have to do that in my brain. Did anyone else, uh, did anyone else laugh when uh, Topher told Claire, you're going to get married and have scally babies? Scally babies. That was my favorite quote. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I'm just thinking it could have been true. It could have happened. Yes, it's exactly right. I, I literally had to rewind that and make sure I had that exact quote because that was probably my, my highlight quote of the week. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you also make the point, too, that uh, this is where, not counting the unaired pilot, we get the, the official point of seeing Victor as a doll, um, I do believe. So that and, and Ballard getting shot, again, not counting the unaired pilot, um, and ending up in the hospital and, and the whole melee thing because at this point we still don't know what she's you know her involvement yet i have to say i, I didn't know who was creepier melly or lubob because you know lubob is coming he's got his hoodie on and he's you know trying to break into paul's apartment but as soon as melly hears anybody like i mean she had to have been sitting at the door w- looking out the peephole all day long and as soon as she hears somebody at paul's door she's bursting through forget your key and i'm just thinking <laughs> I think I would prefer the attacker breaking into my apartment as opposed to the weird, creepy neighbor. <laughs> Not only that, she had to keep that uh, lasagna under a hot plate or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, she just sits there and constantly bakes one after another <laughs> until he comes home. That's why we never see her apartment, because that's all it would be. It would be huge trays of lasagna everywhere. Wow. <laughs> that's an image I'm going to have to work hard to get rid of. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but um, another thing I thought from a quote point of view, again, this is where it's great on the retrospective. Once we get uh, past the... Uh, Raina Trier kill herself, and uh, that all goes awry, but then Sierra's kidnapped. Uh, we get the point with uh, Raina and Echo 
having their discussion when Reina's not going to do anything and Echo's kind of pushing her a little bit. Uh, and it's the continuity we see throughout the whole series where she gives the quote of getting what you want might not be the best thing for a person. Yeah. That whole want and need thing. I thought I didn't, you know, first couple times through, I didn't remember that particular line, but it's peppered in here beautifully uh, to remind us of that carrying out throughout the series. That's nice, yeah. Yeah. One character I really did enjoy was Rena's manager, Biz. I, I just thought he was a fun uh, character. Um, we've established that he's a previous uh, client. You know, she says, I can get the twins before you. <laughs> and I thought that was just great. And I just love his line. Someone's trying to kill Rena, and to my shock, it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> that did work well. I also really like, too, is the, um, when we got near the end, and, and uh, they realized that Echo was, quote, you know, whatever you want to call it, rogue or, or, or off imprint, whatever the phrase is. Um, and uh, Adele tells Boyd, you know, not to take the shot, to let's see how it plays out. You just, again, you're seeing that uh, duality of, of Adele, you know, and all her discussion about how this is her family and taking care of everyone. But at this point, she's she's willing to let that whole situation with two actives out there go to hell in a handbasket. And that, that was one of the things that I really loved about this is, is you know, I've been saying, I, I've been, like, renewing my, my love for Adele, Um and her whole way of thinking and way of approaching things. And I just really left her in this. I mean, with, uh, you know, um, Reed Diamond, his name just totally escaped me, the security mm-hmm. um, right. guy, you know, coming at her saying, you know, you, you, this, this was, you know, she needs to be put in the attic and this, 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 and her just kind of like, hmm. No, I kind of let, she, she still stayed on target. She did what she was supposed to do. She, she, you know, w- was able to overcome and, and it's like now in real business sense, she probably really should have been like, you're right, let's get rid of this. But there's enough of that almost kind of psychological experiment where, hmm, yeah, let's see how this goes. Exactly. That's Adele though. Nothing is ever inside the box for her. And that's what makes her character so interesting is she'll take those risks, whether it's a good idea or not, she's, she's going to let it play out. And she's, she, her curiosity, I think gets the best of her. And, um, you know, she has the, the gall to take those risks. And sometimes as in this episode, it, it plays out well. Yeah, exactly. But that's, you know, at this point I was still kind of wondering just how freaky she was going to be. And this was certainly getting me concerned. Certainly first time through. Can we talk about Deach and Lackman? I mean, how cute was she in this episode? Well, I mean, I, I know they give her, they give her like sexy characters, like in the next episode that we'll see. And I know a lot of people really liked those, but to me, when she was at her best, it was in episodes like this and haunted where she was playing these extremely geeky characters. And I, I don't know, that's where she shined for me. Absolutely. Yeah, it was really nice. I mean, it was good too, because we saw this not long after we saw her kind of as the Terminator character in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we were the, the range we were going to start to see was really kind of cool here. I totally agree. She was, is just really one of the highlights of the show and have been, I'm very glad to see her doing other things going forward. Yes, absolutely. 
yeah, that's something I think a lot of us now are hoping a lot of the, uh, you know, the alums from the show are going to get a lot more visible parts and such, and, and she certainly is right now, uh, U.S. being human. Absolutely. Yay. <laughs> yes. I'm still hoping for Victor, though. And for, I had heard, um, I think it was about a year ago, USA was looking at a pilot uh, for him. Um, and with, I, and I can't remember the kid's name, but if any of you watched Heroes, he was kind of the creepy kid that Claire was with for a little while. Um, but it was, they were supposed to be brothers and they were going to kind of be like gigolos type thing. They were in a hotel, but they had, they were like a different character every week. And uh, Victor was more the, um, was more the one that was going to be changing week to week. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, I heard it didn't get picked up. No, it didn't. <clears throat> Very sad. Unfortunately. Yeah. But it did leave uh, Inver open to be able to film the movie with Fran and Deachin, so we will get to see him. Yeah. Very nice. Excellent. All right. Anyone else have any other points before we talk about <clears throat> the feedback? Not uh, one little point, and it's not so much about the episode, but it's it's funny how sometimes things can lead to uh, Biz makes a line about, you know, since Raina was singing for the mouse, and so you go, <laughs> oh, okay, so they're they're implying that she was part of the, you know, the newer version of the Mickey Mouse Club. So just out of curiosity, I went to Wikipedia and looked up Mickey Mouse Club. No idea how many people came from that. Oh yeah. Carrie Russell, Christine Aguilar. Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake, Ryan Gosling, just to name a few. Yeah. It is just like, wow. Talk <laughs> about really having a great eye on talent, whoever was casting that show. And so I, I just was, I thought it was a great time. And it, like I said, it just kind of blew my mind. I had, thought, I had kind of in the back of my mind realized there was a lot of talent on that. So it's kind of a extra little bonus fact for our listeners <laughs> <laughs> and i thought it was i thought it was kind of a whole thing that they were kind of tying back to britney spears with the whole you know used to sing for the mouse and then um the whole you know this isn't like you know shave your head and flash your drum kind of crazy <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> which is probably my favorite line. <laughs> yeah yeah uh, some of the, the, the things are, are very subtle. Other ones are very blunt in terms of understanding where they were uh, going with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to mention Eliza's singing voice. We have to mention that before we close discussion. Because uh, I'd say she's really good. She sounded really well. And, you know, they had talked about in the early discussions that one of the things that she and Joss talked about was giving her a chance to do a lot of different things. And so I thought of that, you know, they're going, okay, let's check off the list. Got to sing, you know, <laughs> but she did sound good. I wish they would have done a recording of the song. Cause I think Joss wrote it for the episode, but um, it was, it was a good song. So. I have had freedom stuck in my head all day. Yes, same. It's on my iPod, too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we did get some uh, 
great feedback from you folks on our, uh, you know, on our Facebook group. We post up a message a couple days before we're going to record asking if anybody has any thoughts. Same thing on Twitter. Uh, I just want to mention a couple of things here. Uh, make sure we get them uh, out there. Uh, you know, there were several comments, certainly on the Facebook group, about uh, I think uh, Jen mentioned on there. You know, basically uh, when we asked for feedback. She did say, uh, like much like you were just saying, that Eliza's pretty and she sings good. In other words, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything <laughs> at all. <laughs> Which is, I think, uh, similar to what a lot of folks thought. But also, uh, the poster Olivia mentioned a good uh, point about uh, how she saw the similarities between Echo and the Dolls and the whole concept of pop stars and how you know people have to try to be someone they're not, how that all kind of comes into play there. Which was an interesting topic, too. Uh, in terms of that, you know, the nature of uh, show business and all. So, so some interesting stuff. We really appreciate you uh, folks uh, posting that up there. Also, Billy made a good point, which is something we talked about, was that uh, he was concerned that the reason that uh, many people chose not to watch the show was because they might have tuned in for this one. And again, it's, you know, looking much more like a surface show than a deep show based on what you see in most of this episode, which, again, it's that's, I think, uh, a problem with TV shows, if you try to take them uh, with just one small sampling, you really can't judge a show, and that certainly would, wouldn't have helped. Yeah, I agree. Now, finally, we had an excellent question sent to us on Twitter, which I want to throw around for the four of us to touch on. Um, we appreciate this one came in from uh, Seamus uh, talking about or asking us, uh, quote, do you think that I can skip this episode when I'm showing people uh, new people the dollhouse. In other words, is this a required viewing? Is this something maybe you should have them skip in the hope that it doesn't uh, tarnish their image of the show? What, what what do you folks think? I don't think so. I think I think it should be watched with an addendum. You know, please note this is not, you know, for future <laughs> this is not a this is not a clearer representation of what the rest of the series will be like. Um, but I think a lot of the points that we've covered tonight, uh, you know, the Echo's relationship with Sierra and, you know, Adele's curiosity with Echo, I, there's definitely a lot of things that I think need to be seen. I agree, especially, I mean, you get the Victor reveal in here, um, you know, that he's a doll. And I think there's a lot of little things, especially uh, within the dollhouse scenes that that play a larger role as we move on throughout the series. So, um and, and again, I'm just I'm just not a fan of those that that watch one episode and say, "Oh, this is horrible." Um, you know, let's let's not watch this show ever again because we tuned into the third episode of a show and it, it was kind of bad. You know, you have to give things a little time to 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 work the kinks out. And um, Dollhouse is definitely worth it. So um, I would say watch it and again add that little addendum on the end that the show gets much better. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I would tell someone that they should understand that they are building a world um, and take – there are important things. Um, in my other life, I'm going through Farscape for the first time, and um, so I'm watching one episode a week and kind of then enjoying the podcast. They're doing a rewatch on it. And, and there were episodes, I'm sure, that they wanted to say, hey, Jesse, just these aren't important, but you want to get the whole context. And that's what I would say someone trying to watch Dollhouse. First off, there aren't that many episodes. Exactly. And so you don't want to – and there is, there is greatness in each one of them, even down to the small scene 
where Boyd says, do you want, can we get your treatment? Yeah, but afterwards, can I get his ass? <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, I'm thinking about it. You know, it, there are moments on any a week episode that is worth watching and seeing. So I definitely would say don't jump, uh, skip any of them because they all kind of add up to the jigsaw puzzle, uh, you know, that makes the whole series. Yeah, ex excellent points all around. And, and that's, you know, I'm very much on the same page. No, I wouldn't skip it, but if you can... Uh, have them talk to you or email you shortly after they've seen this one so they don't start rolling the eyes, <laughs> as I know some folks did, you know, that, like you said, there's only 26 plus the unaired pilot to watch. So it, it may not be the strongest, but, but you can't appreciate the best ones without having some of the only, you know, so-so ones, too. Just tell them, be prepared. This is not a Charlie's Angels episode. It accidentally <laughs> made its way onto a Dollhouse DVD. We promise. <laughs> That's right. We promise. <laughs> <laughs> Though, if you want to have fun, you can make believe and just, you know, decide which one's fairer and which one's <laughs> And go for Charlie or Bosley. He's, yeah, he's like Bosley 1 2.0, I think. More. Yeah. <laughs> I would say Adele's Bosley. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. For Charlie, go. yeah. Charlie would probably work better. So someone yes. right now is writing fan fiction. <laughs> hey, let's do a imaginary episode where. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, as you can tell, even if it isn't uh, universally thought of as one of the best, we still do enjoy them and we do have fun with them. And, and we appreciate you all uh, listening in uh, to us as we discuss it. Uh, again, one of the biggest parts of the podcast uh, is very much the community aspect of it and you all getting involved and sharing thoughts so uh, as we mentioned at the beginning we do have a facebook group uh, active architecture a dollhouse retrospective is the title if you do a search pop in there uh, we're also on twitter at dolls active you know we throw up uh, podcast releases and like i said shortly before we record uh, we'll let you know if you want to give us feedback or you just want to send us a message with your thoughts feel free to do that and we also have the tried and true email address at activearchitecture at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to, again, send some thoughts, questions, or, or a differing opinion, uh, knowing which episodes as they come up that you might want to share, just, just mark them which one they're for, and we can set them aside till we get to that point. But uh, I also want to be sure, and uh, Jesse, for coming on as our first of what will be several, and I think we'll have Jesse back as well, guest co-host. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you. Well, yes, thank you. So much. I had a blast. I was hoping I did okay. I hope I passed the audition, as they say. I <laughs> would love to be back in to talk more episodes. Oh, uh, definitely. Very nice. Definitely. Oh, definitely. Yep. So it was great. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun getting and uh, uh, really enjoyed it. And then, like I said, we look forward to your feedback. So we hope you all take care. All right. Can I leave us with a quote? Absolutely. You can fire me, but bitch, don't think you can take me. <laughs> I had to mention it. I had to mention it. My favorite line ever. It's awesome. Uh, can't top that. <laughs>
automatically flip the script and get to me But you just can't get off your phone Your priorities are out of line Even though I know you're trouble You're gonna do just fine You rehearsed your lines and now it's time for you to shine